Welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Justine Ward, and each week we bring you a classic show from radio's golden age. This week we have some more musical entertainment. The Railroad Hour was a high-quality show sponsored by the American Railroads that featured musicals shortened to fit into a half hour with the emphasis on the music. Today we have the music of two great composers, Strauss and Dvorak, crafted into half-hour musicals. The Gypsy Baron is a popular operetta by Johann Strauss, with more dramatic music as well as his beloved signature waltzes. The Railroad Hour, The Gypsy Baron, first broadcasts December 8, 1952, on NBC. Ladies and gentlemen, The Railroad Hour. And here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the famous Johann Strauss operetta, The Gypsy Baron, starring Gordon McRae and his charming guest, Mimi Benzel. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight, another great musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads, the same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is our star, Gordon McRae. Thank you, Marvin Miller, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, lovely Mimi Benzel is my gypsy sweetheart. And I shall be... What's that? You've never heard of me? You mean you don't know all the remarkable things that I've done? Well, listen. I can climb to a star, slay a dragon with ease. If you like what you are, it's a breeze, it's a breeze. I can climb to a star, slay a dragon with ease. If you like what you are, it's a breeze, it's a breeze. Yes, I'm quite a fellow. There's nothing new beneath the sun That at some time I have not done I've sailed upon the seven seas I've studied Polish and Chinese I've planted peanuts in Brazil And was a barber in Seville And once I had a good position Assisting a renowned magician I pulled the rabbits from a hat And doubled as an acrobat I've been a painter and a farmer A clown and serpent charmer I've moved in low and high society My life has never lacked variety I can climb through a storm If you like what you are, it's a breeze, it's a breeze. I can climb to a star, slay a dragon please. If you like what you are, it's a breeze, it's a Shandor Barankai, jack of all trades, at your service. But why have you come back to this old wrecked castle, Shandor Barankai? Ah, old gypsy woman. I've come back to claim my fortune. Tell me, will I ever find it? Is it true that you can read a man's fortune in his hand? Oh, perhaps. It is rumored that my father, rest his soul, buried the family fortune somewhere in this neighborhood. 
I've been wandering around the world. At last, I return to try to find it. Tell me, old gypsy, do you think I will? Give me your hand. What do you read there? Ah, yours is a wonderful future. For you will inherit a treasure, and you will lead a happy life once you find a faithful wife. In a dream, she will be bidden to the place where treasure is hidden. Ask her to tell her dream to you. What she has dreamed will all come true. When from your wedding night you rise. When from your wedding night you rise. I don't believe it. You are right not to believe a gypsy, Master Barankai. Why do you say that? We gypsies are outcasts. People shut and bolt the doors when we come near. We are not to be trusted. Woman? My daughter. Her name is Safi. You're very beautiful, Safi. <laughs> your words are as magic as your song. My song? Oh, I have heard your song of the sea. Many times I stood on the shore, and across the moonlit waters, I heard the chant of the sailor moon. It's a lonely chant the sailors sing, dear Safi. Their eyes try to reach the shore and they dream of a beautiful girl like you. Sing me that song, Master Baron Kai. All right, Safi. Oh, oh, oh. 
both of you. You must not stare at each other so. And why not, Gypsy? Though I prophesied that you would find a wife today, Master Barinkai. It must not be Saki. Why not? She is so lovely. Such splendor I have never seen. She rivals any fairy queen. Delightful is her charm and grace. A flawless beauty is her face. Her features are of rare design. Her eyes like gleaming jewels shine. Her lovely lips coquettishly allure and beckon me. Her kisses must be heavenly. She is the only one for me. No, no, it is not possible. You must say no, my daughter. If all is a thing so rare that I can only stand and stare To think that all this grace and charm Lay hidden on this gypsy charm I am resolved to win my hand I'll be the envy of the land I cannot wait to tell her so I I cannot wait to tell her so. I surely hope she won't say no. And Listen to me. It was prophesied that my daughter, Sapi, would marry a member of the nobility, a marquis, a baron, a count. Then I am lost, for I am none of these. That is obvious. Come. Come, child. No, mother. I will not come with you. Baron Kai, the prophecy does not say what kind of baron or count you must be. Gypsies. Gypsies, listen to me. Master Sandor Baron Kai has returned here homeless as a gypsy. He is one of us. Let us appoint him one of the noble leaders of our gypsy band. I am a gypsy baron? Then I ask your hand in marriage, dear Sophie. Perhaps on our wedding night, he shall dream the dream that was prophesied. Here, here in my arms. If you wish on a star for the girl you adore, she In just a second, I'm going to let you overhear two short conversations. They may seem to be about two quite different subjects. But listen, and you'll discover they have a common denominator. One that reveals an important secret of America's world leadership. Why, Helen, what a perfectly wonderful new refrigerator. Yes, it's the newest kind, with automatic defrosting. It saves me lots of time and work. Now, listen again. A traveler talks to the conductor of his train. Say, I haven't seen many steam engines on the railroads recently. It's mostly diesels. The steamers wear out? No, but uh, we found new efficiency and economy in diesels. So, useful and valuable as steam engines are, we've replaced a lot of them with diesels. Yes, one big secret of America's success is constant, unremitting technical progress. We are never satisfied, as a people or as a nation with anything but the best we can achieve. Our economic leadership is based on our willingness to sacrifice expensive equipment, even while it still has years of useful life. As soon as we develop superior equipment that promises greater efficiency and productivity. One outstanding example of this principle at work is America's railroad industry, 
according to a recent article in the magazine Nation's Business, which said, and I quote, At the depth of the Depression, the railroads launched perhaps the most comprehensive and expensive re-equipment program ever seen with the introduction of the diesel road locomotive. End of quotation. And today, more than 70% of all railroad service is performed by diesel locomotives. Yes, America's railroads and their famous billion-dollar-a-year improvement program are an exciting symbol of the American way of constant modernization and re-equipment so that you may continually enjoy ever better railroad service. Now, here is Act Two of the Lawrence and Lee version of the great Johann Strauss operetta, The Gypsy Baron, starring Gordon McRae as Barinkai and Mimi Benzel as Safi. Good morning, Safi. Good morning, my husband. See, the sun is just rising, touching with gold the beautiful face of my wife. Here on the hilltop, close to the old ruined tower, close to the sky. Your beautiful face, the light of your eyes, your simple grace, so kind and wise. Your heavenly kiss, so tender and sweet, fills my heart with delight. My joy is complete. Mine, mine, ever remain. My love for you shall never wane. I live to love you. remembered. What, my beloved? Last night I had a dream. What did you dream? I heard a voice say, go search the ancient tower and you will find a treasure. If you will lift a marble stone, then countless wealth will be your own. The prophecy. Safi, your mother's prophecy said that my wife would dream of the fortune on our wedding night. Come, let us search the tower. Look floor is covered with stones. Well, hammer them. Hammer them? But why? Well, perhaps we can sound out a hollow space beneath one. Here's one. Look, the stone is loose. Safi, look. Gold. (gasps) I see it scream and beam and gleam. Sparkling cold, the gold we hold, brilliantly clinging, joyfully ringing, finally bringing, repeat and told. I like to be right. 
races, hunts and races, masquerading, serenading, drinking champagne and wine, having a merry time. Yet faith and love are more than gold on earth. woman, your prophecy came true. You said my wife would dream where the treasure was, and she did. Safi led me right to the gold. Your wife? No, I will not allow it. We are man and wife, mother, by the laws of the ancient gypsy ceremony. Who performed the ceremony? Who blessed your love? Who blessed our love? Well, who? Well, who? The sky. Who hovers above? Our oh, church, the lovely open sky. The moonlight descended to be my wedding veil. Our candlelight, the shining stars. It's left a golden trail. The song of the nightingale sang sweetly through the night. to me. This marriage is annulled. Annulled? But why? I don't understand. Shandor Barinkai, though we have pretended that you are a gypsy baron, it was a joke. You are not a member of the nobility. Well, what difference does that make, mother? Oh, I am not your mother, Safi. You are the daughter of the last reigning prince of Hungary. So you see why she must marry not just a gypsy baron, but a man of real nobility. Yes, I see. You know, once upon a time, I thought that life was a breeze. That if a man wished hard enough, he could have anything he wanted. But it's not true. Goodbye, Safi. I won't let you go. Yes, Safi. Oh, Baron Kai, where will you go? Wandering again. Perhaps I shall join the royal service. As for this gold, it is no use to me without my beloved... I contribute it as I contribute my life to my country. Oh, Baron Kai. Goodbye, my beloved.
Well, my child, they say the war is over, that victory is won. But there is no word of barren kind. Look, look, mother, troops marching down the road. We must go see who has come home. On this victory day, as the trumpets play, welcome home your Tom, Dick, and Joe. about I made out very well in my way what I kept out of sight when the time came to fight that is why I am with you today hello Jim hello Jack it is grand to be back it is good to see you all again hello Before I hold you in my arms, my beloved, I bring you a document from the royal court. Here. A document? Read it. Perhaps there's something to be said for gypsy prophecies after all. For valor in the service of his country, Shandor Barankai is hereby named a baron to be passed on to his children and his children's children for all generations. And now, my sweet, I can hold you in my arms forever. Ladies and gentlemen, lovely Mimi Benzal will be back in just one moment. And meanwhile, our thanks to Jeanette Nolan, who was the gypsy mother, and to our entire company. The Gypsy Baron with the music of Johann Strauss was dramatized for the Railroad Hour by Lawrence and Lee. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this same time by the American Railroads. Marvin? All over the country these days, Americans are rolling up their sleeves, helping to provide the blood needed for America's national blood program. This program is planned to provide the total blood needs of the country, civilian and military, current and reserve. Remember, there is no substitute for whole blood or plasma in treating the ill or wounded. And our fighting men must depend on you to provide that blood. Giving blood is easy, painless, and takes little of your time. But it may well save a wounded soldier's life. Won't you call your local Red Cross chapter for an appointment tomorrow? I certainly think you're right, Marvin, and I'm going the first thing tomorrow myself. Now, here again, folks, is our charming guest, Mimi Benzel. Well, thank you, Gordon. Golly, I could go on waltzing all night. Well, so could I, Mimi. Well, what's on the show train next week, Gordon? One of our old favorites here on the Railroad Hour, one of your old favorite motion picture musicals. And, uh, well, see if you can determine from this. Recognize that? Mm-hmm. The holiday helping of Holiday Inn, Mimi, with the memorable music of Irving Berlin. And lovely Dorothy Warrenshaw will be here to help us all celebrate. Well, we'll all be listening, and now, good night, Gordy. Good night, you beautiful gypsy. You are wonderful. <laughs> all aboard! Well, dear friends, it looks as though we're ready to pull out. And so, until next Monday night and Holiday Inn, this is Gordon McRae saying goodbye. The Gypsy Baron was based on the English version by Ruth and Thomas Martin, adapted by permission of the authors and Boosie and Hawks Publishers. It was presented by special arrangement with the Tams Whitmark Music Library. Gordon McRae can soon be seen starring in Warner Brothers' Technicolor musical, The Desert Song. Our choir was under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music was prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Until next week, this is Marvin Miller saying goodnight for the American Railroad. Now stay tuned for your Monday night of music on NBC.
tonight, the voice of Firestone features Nadine Connor on NBC. You're listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web with your host, Justine Ward. Next, we have an original adaptation of music from Dvorak's New World Symphony in an operetta set in a California gold rush camp. Its dramatic plot turns on the kind of weather we have been having this week with lots of rain. The Railroad Hour, Roaring Camp, first broadcast August 17, 1953 on NBC. Ladies and gentlemen, The Railroad Hour. Star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents an American light opera by Lawrence and Lee. Roaring Camp, a tale of the American West, set to the great music of Vorjot, starring Gordon McRae and his celebrated guest, Dorothy Warren Show. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight another exciting drama with music is brought to you by the American Railroads. The same railroads that bring you the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and the multitude of other things you use in your daily life. And now here is our star, Gordon McRae. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Bret Hart gave us the inspiration for tonight's Railroad Hour, and Anton Dvorak provides the music that Dorothy Warrenshold and I will sing in the next half hour. And here's Roaring Camp. Gold! Gold up in the Sierras! Gold! A hundred years ago, that cry of gold went up in California, and a hundred thousand men pulled up stakes and started the rush westward. Look, there's a 49er, climbing up the high ground with his Conestoga wagon and his Pinto pony, making the long trip west. Cross the great divide, going to California, over the Oregon Trail, walking westward, pinned by my side, with my puppet wagon, rolling and swinging and creaking and singing of California. Coming into the gold country? It's been the ruin of this town. Oh, how come? When the gold strike came, every honest business in Poker Flat went out the window, and the law is something you read about in books. Yeah, sounds like my kind of country. But I didn't expect to find women folks out here. Not pretty ones, at any rate. Well, I came out here three years ago with my father from Boston. Boston, huh? That's what they call me. Boston Wagner. You don't talk like a New Englander. Well, they call me Boston because that's the only town in the USA I ain't never seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd like to meet your dad and your family. want to make some friends out here. I'm afraid that won't be possible. You see, my father died last month in a gunfight. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm terribly lonesome without him and so far away from everything I used to know. I understand. Oh, <laughs> 
and it's yellow. And I've come 2,000 miles to find it. It won't make you happy. <laughs> It'll help. It obliges you, ma'am, if you tell me which road leads to Rowan Camp. Lord, you're not going there. Well, they told me it was the richest gold country in the mother load. Nuggets the size of a man's fist. Oh, please. Please don't go. Advice, ma'am. I don't scare easy. You mean you're going to Roaring Camp anyway? That's right, miss. But don't make any bets about me coming out feet first. You'll see me again, ma'am, and often. back there, roaring camp. Strangers keep out. Well, I'm a stranger. What are you going to do about it? Everybody seems to be asleep. Well, I'll wake him up. Hey! Kill that noise! Yeah, got to keep things quiet around here. Why? What's the trouble? What's going on? Oh, I reckon you're a stranger to roaring camp. That's right. We don't much like strangers. Well, I didn't come here to be liked. You got any money? I'll have more when I leave. I'll give you six to five. It's a boy. I don't follow you, mister. Well, uh, you see that cabin down in the hollow? That's Cherokee South, Captain. 
She's having herself a baby. A baby? Yeah. Ain't it the doggone thing? <laughs> a baby getting herself born at wrong camp. <laughs> now, who's taking care of the mother? Nobody. She's all alone in there? Ain't no other woman folk in town. Well, I'll get a woman to come up here. I doubt that. Not to Roaring Camp. Oh, I'll find somebody. If you'll guarantee her a safe conduct. I'll give you a gambler's word. That's good enough. And you got to let me stake my claim and take my diggings. No better, no worse than any other miner in the camp. How about it? What do you say, Kentuck? Well, if you'll get us a woman to care for Sal. Here's my hand on it. I'll be back by midnight. <laughs> Grab the horse, Jane Tuck. I'll help the lady. Oh, oh boy. Hold it. I got him. I got him. Oh, what must I do? Men, this is Miss Elvira Brigham. You got to mind her as if she was a federal marshal. The woman's in the cabin. Go help her. Well, I need water. Hot water and towels. Oh, towels? What's them? You know, Jane Tuck. Hand wiping rag. Oh, why, sure. I'll get the wound from the tavern. They have to be clean towels, Kentuck. No time to waste. Sal needs help mighty bad. Hey, that's him. That's the baby. Uh, how about it, men? Three cheers for the baby. Hip, hip. Hey! Hip, hip. Is this a county fair or a pie fight? Well, it's well, sorry, ma'am, on account of the baby coming with... I guess we just lost our head. Is it a boy or a girl? A boy. Well, I knowed it would be. Now, pay up, Tempton. You owe me an ounce of gold. Uh. <laughs> what language is it for you men to respect the dead? The dead? The baby ain't... Oh, the baby's fine. But Cherokee sounds... Poor Sal. Now I want all of you to get out of here and go to your cabins and be quiet. Yes, ma'am. So the baby can get some sleep. Come on, boys. Come on. Let's do what Miss Brigham says. moment for Act Two of Roaring Camp. 
It's early dawn of a summer morning in the lovely Catskill Mountains of New York State. A peaceful and pretty sight. At least it seems so to engineer Clark Bonesteel from the cab of his two-unit diesel engine, which is pulling a 70-car freight train through the quiet valley. When the town fire siren located in the firehouse right next door to the chief's house answered with its own scream of warning, engineer Bonesteel, knowing his job was done, picked up speed, and went about his regular business of delivering the nation's freight. Engineer Bonesteel was credited by the town fire chief with saving literally hundreds of lives by his quick and resourceful actions in getting the guests out of the hotel, which was destroyed in the million-dollar fire. And Engineer Bonesteel is just one of many thousands of railroad people who night and day, month in and month out in every part of the country, make it their business to be of the greatest possible service to the communities and customers they serve. Here is Act Two of the Lawrence and Lee light opera version of Bret Hart's Roaring Camp. Set to the music of Vorjak and starring Gordon McRae with his guest Dorothy Warren show. wondered if they could come in and sort of take a look at him. Oh, they're so rough and rowdy. Oh, I'll make them toe the line. Well, when you get them all here, there's a speech I want to make to them. <laughs> Citizens of Rowan Camp... I think we all owe a debt of gratitude to Miss Elvira Brigham for taking care of the baby. Men, do you expect me to stay here in Roaring Camp? Can't take care of the baby without you. Then we'll have to make some changes around here. You, with that chaw tobacco, what's your name? Well, they call me Cane Tuck. When was the last time you changed that shirt? Well, uh... I ain't kept track sometime in the late fall, I reckon. What year, Cane Tuck? You listen to me, Cane Tuck. Anytime you want to see the baby, you've got to hustle out a clean shirt. A clean shirt. Mm. And what's your name? You don't look like a mining man. I'm of the gambling profession, ma'am. They call me Gentleman John Oakhurst. Is that a diamond stick pin in your tie? Three carats, ma'am, without a flaw. Many have admired it, ma'am. You can still admire it, Mr. Oakhurst, but it belongs to the baby now. What? (laughs) Every man in Roaring Camp has to contribute something to the support of the baby. How about it? Well, I'll give a pound of gold dust, ma'am. I'll throw in my pearl-handled downages. Or he can have my gold watch that chimes the hour. Well, uh, the stick then you admired, ma'am, is paste. Uh, May I offer you this diamond ring worth $2,000? I appreciate your honesty, Mr. Oakhurst. Now, if we'll all form a single line, you may file into the cabin one at a time to see the baby. Mr. Kane Tuck, you will be the first. Oh, well, go, go. I ain't excited now. Now, come on with me. <laughs> be that he? That's the baby. <laughs> Not much besides, huh? He more got the color, has he? Could you, could you, could you, could you, could you, could you? Hey, look at that! He wrestled with my finger, the doggone little critter. Wrestle with my finger. It's Manowar Jack. Hey, man, 
big news. What's all the excitement? I just come from the dry fork. The old claim we thought was run out. It's full of gold, boy. Oh, no. The richest grain in the mother load. A fortune and ever spade full of dirt. Oh, I tell you, boys, the luck is with us. I suppose you're no longer interested in the child. Child? What child? A passing novelty. A baby boy, that's all. Well, ain't that a wonder now. What do you call him? Well, we ain't given him a name yet. Say, man, I got an idea. Listen, lads, I have a name to give the boy. He brought the joy of better luck to Roy Camp. Listen, dads, here is a name. To give the lad, we'll call him Luck, for he's the luck of Roaring Camp. Because gentlemen, you and I, struck it with, out of a baby cry. Thank the Lord, Lord of the mountains and the sky, that we can try to give the luck a better life than you and I. Here's a toast, gentlemen, we can boast. He's the most beautiful baby boy on the coast. Thank the Lord, Lord of the mountains and the sky, that we can try to give our Shall we christen him the Luck? Yeah, yeah. he's the Luck. That's well, you've got to give him a first name. Oh, Tommy then. <laughs> we'll call him Tommy Luck of Warren Camp. You know, it makes the fella feel kind of strange. Why, Boston? Well, this isn't quite my line exactly, shopping for baby clothes. Oh, it's sweet of you to drive me to Sacramento. Do you like this little flowered bonnet, Boston? Oh, sure, sure. It's pretty fancy for the luck, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, not for the baby. It's for me. Oh. Look, Miss Elvira, let me buy it for you. I wish I could buy you everything in this store, everything in Sacramento. Out there. No, I'll find out. Hey, you hear about the flood? Flood? Where? Up in the gold country, quick upon the Sierras. Poke a flat, rid dog, all of them towns under six feet of water. What about Roaring Camp? It must be near washed away by now. Oh, no. Elvira, you stay here. I'll ride back fast as I can. Stay there, Boston. Don't try to swim for it. We'll pick you up with a boat. I'll pull you up in the boat, Boston. There. What's happened to Ron Camp? Gone. I've been rowing around trying to pick up survivors. The luck, oh, Christ. What happened to the luck? There. Bottom of the boat. Why, this King Tuck and the baby. Yeah, I licked to both of them a few minutes ago. They've been in the water for hours, clinging to a tree stone. King Tuck? With a doggone little, little critter, he, he wouldn't wrestle with, with my fingers. Baby's dead, King Tuck. Uh. I'm dying, too. Ain't I, boy? Now, lie back, King Tuck. Well, the luck's taking me with him. I'm gone with the luck. I...
wouldn't let it be true. Now, now, the ways of the Lord are mighty strange, Miss Elvira. I'd like to think maybe the luck came into the world to help us find each other. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. There'll be another luck someday, Miss Elvira. Only, well, he won't belong to Roaring Camp. I hope he'll just belong to us, Miss Elvira. Sharpest loss in time, and the pain becomes a distant pantomime. The hurt may heal with all a scar, and what we were is lost in what we are. For now, gentlemen. Lovely Dorothy Warren show. We'll be back in just one moment. And meanwhile, our thanks to Ted DeCorsia, Peter Leeds, Marion Richmond, Marvin Miller, and to our entire company. Roaring Camp, suggested by the Bret Hart story, was set to music, adapted to themes from Dvorak's New World Symphony, with lyrics and libretto by Lawrence and Lee. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at the same time by the American Railroads. Marvin? America, with its vast distances and huge productive capacities, has always depended on railroads to take care of most of its transportation. And that will continue to be true as far ahead as we can see. The railroads will never stand still in a nation of growing population and growing economic activity. As America moves ahead, so will the railroads, steadily enlarging their capacity to meet increasing demands for service and steadily increasing their efficiency of operation to cope with constantly rising costs of doing business. Thank you, Marvin. Tell me, Gordon, what's on the show train next Monday night? Well, Dorothy, it's a story of the gay 90s with music like this. And the story is called Hope is a Woman. Well, I'll get into my bustle and meet you here next Monday. <laughs> Good night, Gordon. Good night, Dorothy. As always, you were wonderful. All aboard! Well, dear friends, it looks as though we're ready to pull out. And so until next Monday night and the world premiere of Hope is a Woman, on behalf of the other members of the cast and the American Railroads, this is your friend Gordon McRae saying Good night. McRae can be seen starring in Warner Brothers' The Desert Song in Technicolor. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. This is Marvin Miller saying goodbye until next week for the American Railroad. Now, stay tuned for your Monday night of music on NBC.
Tonight, the voice of Firestone features Mildred Miller on NBC. You have been listening to the Old Time Radio Hour, broadcast each week over the World Wide Web. You can subscribe at no charge through Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or RSS. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you can join us again next week for another hour of entertainment from the golden age of radio. Until then, this is your host, Justine Ward, saying so long for now. (laughs) 